I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to the Glory Hunters podcast with me, Charlie Baker. This week, it's Scotland versus the Republic of Ireland with Jacob Hawley and Wendy Wason representing Scotland. Wendy, you are, of course. Where were you born in Scotland, Wendy? Uh, Durban, South Africa. Oh, great stuff. Great news. <laughs> <laughs> so really, really yeah. feel it there, really. But my family are Scottish and I grew yeah. up in Scotland. And you got the voice for and free. And I've got the voice for free, yeah. So that's nice. Can you do your best South African accent for us? Just... Nope, I'm not going there. All right, OK. <laughs> Jacob Hawley, have you ever been to South Africa? Never been to South Africa. Born in Stevenage. Been to Scotland a couple of times, but I do like drinking, so I think we're... Why don't you support <laughs> Stevenage? Uh, because they're not as good as Arsenal. Mm, it's the simple answer. Point. If I could, I'd take points off, but I can't. Republic of Ireland, of course, Andrew Ryan, born and bred in Pretoria. I'm sure I'm just about to find out. <laughs> uh, yeah, born, born and raised in Cork in Ireland, the home of Roy Keane and Dennis Irwin, John O'Shea is from Waterford, Liam Miller as well, uh, God rest him. Uh, so yeah, great county, producing some great footballers. And of course, <clears throat> the as Irish as they come, Perry Groves, Next to you. Ever well, been to Ireland, Perry? I have. I've uh, frequented Temple Bar. Oh, which, yes. And anybody who tells you Guinness doesn't taste differently in Ireland than what it does in England, they're lying. That's why Because I'm not a Guinness drinker. That's why you I pay the it. extra. And it has the world's best museum. Oh. The Guinness Museum. The Guinness Museum, of course. I've never floor, been. <laughs> floor two, we get the, the proper Irish bands in there. I was in there for three and a half hours. Same act. Oh. Every 25 minutes. It was magnificent. And then floor five is the uh, glass top floor where you go and have a little pint of Guinness if and just drink it, If you drink enough, it's, it's new acts every 25 minutes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they change their routines as well, so that's pretty cool. Are you uh, sponsored by the Dublin Tourist Board today? <laughs> oh, I love Dublin. You're love listening Dublin. to Museums with Perry Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is, the Glory Hunters podcast. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that ignites the fuse of football fandom. Our guests are given the opportunity to represent the team they've always supported in a contest where the winner takes it all. But who will be the super trooper and who will send out an SOS? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. This week's fixture is an international special as Ireland take on Scotland. Andrew Ryan is representing Ireland alongside team captain Perry Groves. Hello. Hello, how are you? Hi, Charlie. How is it going? <laughs> and on the team sheet for Scotland is Wendy Wason, who's with team captain Jacob Hawley. Hello, you two. Hello. Afternoon, Charlie. Are we all right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Now, Perry, is, tr- is this true? You could have played for the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, I could. In the... Um... The Jack Charlton days where just looking for any like cast play, didn't he? So I was just getting I think they found out that I had an Irish red setter when I was a kid, so I thought <laughs> right, he could play. And this is honestly true story. Played against Newcastle at home at Highbury and Noel Quinn was in the Republic of Ireland squad and Theo Foley, who was our assistant coach, he was from Republic of Ireland. So they'd put it forward that my granddad was born in County Cork. I've never been to Ireland at all, right? So <laughs> that, that got through. So I played against Newcastle. In the old days at Highbury, the players' tunnel used to come down the concrete steps to go home. The players' bar was halfway between the pitch and the dressing rooms. So they said, Jack Charlton, after the game, wants to have a word with you. So I went, all right, no problem. So I go in and go into the players' bar. And let's just say he probably enjoyed the pre- and post-match hospitality. <laughs> and he's with randomly uh, Morris Setters, who was his like, number two. So Quinny takes me up to him. He goes, Gaffer. We've got some see like that. So Jack Charlton walks over towards me. He goes, Terry, how you doing? Right. So I didn't start off that particularly well. I went, all right, Jack, how's he going? He went, yeah. He said, um, 
Got a game Tuesday for the B team against Bulgaria. He said, bring your boots tomorrow Sunday. He said, this hotel, turn up with your boots, play Tuesday night. If it goes all right, I'll put you in the full squad Wednesday, right? So um, I went, all right. He said, yeah, see you later, Terry. Later, like that. And I thought, that doesn't all go particularly well. You don't even know my name. And when I walked out, in my head, I was thinking, surely a call up for international football has to be a, a little bit more official, official yeah. than a letter what at least yeah, yeah, exactly. a letter. so Quinny just went bloke down the pub told me yeah, yeah, yeah. so Quinny just went he really know my name <laughs> so Quinny went no that's how Jack works Take, bring your boots so I went home and I spoke to my family on the, on the Saturday night and I'm thinking if I turn up just with my boots whatever on the Sunday and he's forgotten because he was that out of it he thought Ginger, what's he doing over here? Like, he doesn't know I am. So I politely um, got the club to write back and say, thanks for the offer for Perry for playing in the B team. Yeah. In a nice way, he thinks he's a bit better than that. Oh. Put him in the big boy squad yeah. and you might, you know, you might get him. And I'm still waiting. Oh, yeah, so exactly. Terry. That call never came. So Terry, Terry, Terry. Terry, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> what could have been? And Terry Groves for Ireland. He was going to play me up front with a lad called John Byrne who was playing for QPR at the time, yes. and he scored twice in that game, and then he put him in the big boy squad, and John Byrne did brilliantly for public oh, violence. Yeah. yeah, really good. So, Andrew, how do you think Perry could have done? Well, the thing is, everybody, you everybody has been asked to play for Ireland. Right? <laughs> oh, so, right. yeah, uh, we've all got a chance in the B team. We've all played in the B team, Perry, you know what I mean? No, like, honestly, we, we, at that time, if that's the way Jack Charlton worked, you know, like he meet you in the bar, tell you to turn up with your boots, he qualified for two World Cups using that. You're not wrong, exactly. You know yeah, what I mean? so. so, like, honestly, they're the good old days that we kind of want to bring back a little yeah. bit. They're the great story. Now it's all, you know, you've got to go through an agent, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Now it's just like meet up in the pub. DNA testing and all that, yeah. yeah blood listen, samples. My, if you're parent. My, 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 my middle boy, who's 15, he was like, um, he because of grandparents and work, he's born in England, his mum's Scottish, his granddad's Hungarian, he's got, little, he's got a real mix. I think he can play for like Seven, seven or eight different countries, oh. and I said, and of course, if you want to play, you play football. Who, who would you play for? Thinking, of course, he's going to say Scotland because he knows who feeds him. And he <laughs> said, I'd play for England. And I went, why? And he went, because I want a game. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, Andrew, what's the best moment you can remember under Jack Charlton? Oh. Uh, I think the best moment was probably David O'Leary's penalty against Romania when we got oh, through to the quarters yeah, against yeah. Italy because. I remember it. I was in my grandmother's house and my sister had just got a toot out. And uh, it was a three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> kickoff. And I remember I'd gone to penalties and I remember David O'Leary, who shouldn't really have taken a penalty, All really. Right. I was watching it, right? And I was thinking, what are they doing? He'd never he taken, shouldn't a have taken a penalty. He'd never taken a penalty. He's like, what Packy, are you doing? Packy, Packy Bonner had saved. And next thing, David O'Leary steps up. And we were, I was only eight years of age. My sister was 12. She was crying in a corner. Um, <laughs> my dad was three months away from giving up booze. Um, and next thing, David O'Leary scored. And all I remember is going out in my 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 mum's old Ford Fiesta driving down the village. And I've, everyone came out in the village. Yeah. And it was a mass. And I was eight. I got candy floss and ice cream. <laughs> and I was still one of the best best yeah. moments ever but David O'Leary's penalty when he scored just to get to Rome yeah. in a World Cup in Italy and we gave Italy a great game in the quarter final you know it's in that Roddy Doyle book isn't it that penalty yeah yeah uh, the van is it the van the van yeah, the van, yeah. Carroll. yeah 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 like that was that was 90, that, that kick started our economy and our sort yeah. of like this new generation of we qualified for a major tournament you know Beautiful. a World Cup first time ever Jacob Hawley, you're mm -hmm. representing Scotland today, captaining Scotland today. Captaining Scotland, yeah. Uh, have you any link to Scotland at all other than the Edinburgh Festival? Uh, my, my granny knew someone who was a bit Scottish. Okay, Scotland so captain. I think that makes me a seventh <laughs> a bit Scottish, Scottish, something like that. <laughs> they, they, they might have just been a bit funny the way they spoke. But yeah, so I, I, yeah, just about Scottish. I but think. you're on with someone who is more or less the Queen of Scotland. On with Wendy. And uh, Wendy, you are a big Scotland fan. Big Scotland fan. And, and you have my favourite ever... <laughs> going to football story <laughs> about going to see Scotland. Tell us it now on Glory Hunters. Okay, it's not my finest moment. <laughs> I Best called up work and said, um, I'm not coming in today, I'm sick. And I got a bus, I was working in a bar, and I got a, a Scottish bar in London, and I got a bus to Paris for the opening game of the World Cup in 98, when Scotland were playing Brazil. Yeah, we really fancied our chances. Um, <laughs> we scored an own goal against Brazil because oh. Brazil need the help. Um, we knew we were going to lose, but it was brilliant. It was great. And if you're a girl at an international football match, you drink for free because guys just get you drinks. It was brilliant. I had the best time of my life. Came back to London, went to work, and my boss said, you weren't sick, you went to Paris. 
to watch the football. And I was like, how do you know that? And it was because on the front page of The Sun, with the headline, who won, who cares, was me dancing in a fountain. <laughs> wrapped around some guy I've never seen before or since. And so and I, my, my, my boss was like, I can't even fire you because you're a legend. <laughs> Front page. Just, I'm absolutely brilliant. Right, brilliant. Just that's a great today, story. You'd have your own reality TV show, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would. You'd be a massive star. It's enough to get you on Big Brother, yeah, exactly. at least, yeah, isn't it? What Wendy did next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we are. So the scene is set for an international special as the Republic of Ireland take on Scotland. To see all kick off, we start with a clip of former forest keeper Mark Crossley on the Under the Cosh podcast. And he's talking about Brian Clough and a ghetto blaster. We played Wimbledon at home. They were first team to come with ghetto blaster. Anyway, ghetto blaster's going down and you can see he's like thinking, what was that? And he's stopped and he's gone, Illy, Illy, to Ellen Hill. Would you go and knock on their dressing room door and ask them to turn that music down? <laughs> so Ellen Hill goes down and he knocks on the door and Vinnie Jones opened the door, he's captain of Wimbledon, and he stood there in a pair of slips. And Alan Hill's gone, listen, uh, Vinny, would you mind turning the music down? Our gaffer don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so Vinny's gone, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. So turns it down. Alan Hill comes back up to the dressing room. Of course, what happens? They turn it louder, don't they? <laughs> Illy, this time, would you say, please, can you turn the music down? <laughs> so he goes down and says, please, Mr Jones, can you turn the music down? Oh, so he's actually, actually gone again? Gone again. And Vinny, he's got a smirk on his face, Vinny, like, you know... So he turns it down, comes back up, starts again. So this time he gets up, knocks on the door, opens the door, Vinny. He walks in their dressing room, picks the ghetto blaster up, smashes it. Now I'll play your music, Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Crossley there on the absolutely brilliant Under the Kosh podcast. It's a really good podcast. If you want to hear sort of behind the scenes, behind the curtain, sort of grizzled old pro stories like Perry tells us every week. Absolutely brilliant. There we are. But here is the question. Seeing as this is an international special, can you tell me how many international appearances Vinnie Jones made for Wales? How many international appearances did Vinnie Jones make for yeah. Wales? It's sealed bids. So while both teams confer, here is a short musical interlude. OK, the sealed bids are in. And Scotland, Jacob and Wendy, you have said three appearances for Wales. Three appearances, yeah. yeah. I, I can barely remember him doing that many, to be honest with you. The idea of him playing for Wales is, is, is about as legitimate as Perry playing for the Republic of Ireland. He had a Welsh cocker spaniel, though. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's dog-based. Is that how it works? Yeah, it's it's just dog-based. And the bigger the dog, the better player. <laughs> and uh, Andrew and Perry for Republic of Ireland, you have said 12 appearances. I think it's between 8 and 12. You're right, because it is nine, oh, nine appearances there for Vinnie Jones for Wales, which means that Republic of Ireland, you kick us off next as both teams try and convince me that they are the biggest footballing force here today as we do this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. We want each of our guests to tell us why they are the biggest international team here today. They're free to employ any reasoning they wish. This isn't about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Republic of Ireland, you are going first and your 30 seconds starts now. We have a population, right, of 5 million people where football is actually our fourth sport, OK? So the percentage of people playing is quite low. And you ask yourself the question, how can Ireland be bigger than Scotland? Well, I'm going to ask you, this is, this is how I decided how it was going to work, right? The amount of people, footballers, born in Scotland that chose not to play for Scotland but chose to play for Ireland over Scotland, right? We have seven footballers. Ray Houghton, born in Glasgow, 73 caps. Aidan McGeady, born in Glasgow, 70 caps. Tommy Coyne, born in Govan, 22 caps. James McCarthy, Glasgow, 24 caps, still playing. Bernie Slevin, <laughs> Bernie Slevin, born in, born in uh, Glasgow, was in the squad but never came on the pitch. Oh. Christy Gallagher, born in Glasgow, played for two caps. And the amazing Owen Coyle played for Ireland for one cap, right? We have seven players that cross the divide from Scotland to Ireland. Why? Because Ireland is bigger than Scotland. How many 
players born in the Republic of Ireland decided to play for Scotland? The answer is zero. <laughs> okay. Not only that, but Scotland have qualified for 10 major tournaments, eight World Cups and two Euros, with a total of 30 games. Scotland hosts the record of the only country that have qualified for the most major tournaments to this day and never got out of the group. They've played in 10 tournaments and never got out of the group stage 10 times. Ireland have played in three World Cups. We've always got out of the group. We've played in three Euros. We've got out to the last 16 once. For a small country, as football is the fourth sport, we could even bring in players from your country to play for us. And that's how we are so much bigger than you. So that's that from the Republic of Ireland. Wendy, can you tell us why Scotland are the biggest international team here today? Well, we're a bit, our population is bigger. It's only by half a million, granted, but it is bigger. Um, we've qualified more for the World Cup than you have. You've qualified oh, wait, for we, eight we, We've qualified Cups. for eight World Cup, but you guys have got the record for getting the furthest in a tournament without winning a game. Yes. <laughs> That's quite an achievement. Well done, Ireland. But more than that, Scotland is literally bigger than Ireland. We, you're only like 11 on the obesity index in the world. Yeah. We're five. We're literally bigger than you. We're fatter, we eat better, and our diets are the classic British fattening diet. So we're literally bigger as a population than Ireland. In um, Scotland's defence, 1978, before the uh, World Cup in Argentina, they had an open top bus tour with um, Ali McLeod going all around, right? Before they went, <laughs> before they, they had 30,000 at Hamden Park before they went and then there was no one when they come back. Do you know what they were singing in Paris, before the game, everyone's sitting around getting hammered going, we're only here to Lombarda, here <laughs> to Lombarda. Oh yeah, I do love the Tartan army, I can't deny it. So I'm going to give it two to Scotland and one to the Republic of Ireland. Young players will always get into my side on merit, whether they deserve it or not. This is Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as Sporting Heretics. I'm going to invite each member of the panel to suggest an idea they believe will change sport for the better. Previous suggestions have included a transfer window for fans, a reduction in Olympic sports and abolishing half-time. This idea is designed to ruffle the feathers of the sporting establishment and cause a ripple of outrage amongst the powers that be. Our panel have complete carte blanche to storm the sporting barricades and launch a revolution. Andrew, we're going to start with you and you think there should be a pay increase for footballers. Yes, yeah. Now, if you think about it, right, footballers have been under a lot of pressure in the media recently, incorrectly, in my opinion, that they've been singled out. If you take 20 teams in the Premier League and each team has, say, 25 first-team players, right? So you, that's only 500 football, professional footballers mm -hmm. right, in the Premier League, right? OK. Of only 50% of them are even on over 100 grand anyway. So you're only okay. looking at maybe 250 footballers are earning that's seriously top money, OK? And I think the level of risk that they have in their life to earn that money, they should be paid a little bit more, okay. right? Because they're one injury away from losing everything, Yeah. all right? The football career is only, what, 12 to 14 years, sort of like maximum, you know, with only maybe a window of seven or eight years maximum earning power anyway. One mistake in a match can live with them for the rest of their life. The amount of commitment they've given since the age of five and six to yeah. the fitness, True. to the discipline, to the nutrition, they can't do uh, what normal people do. Like, they can't go to the pub now because of social media. Yeah. Some of them mightn't even win a trophy in their own life. They might not even taste any sort of success. The constant worry about, like, you know, every game, is this going to be my last game that they're going to play? Not only that, but they do great things after football as well. They go into coaching, helping young people, the next generation, mentoring, going off, telling stories, giving great entertainment and enjoyment to the football fans. Not only that, people complain about footballers earning a lot of money, right? But guess who pays footballers wages the people that buy the TV subscriptions if you're not happy with the money they're earning stop buying the TV mm. subscriptions right so I think the the way I know I know some of the, but the way that footballers are treated is a disgrace they give me such joy I have lived my life when Man United my season ticket at Man United went up £2 a game oh. it went up £2 a game in 2007 I was delighted to have paid because the joy I was getting every second Saturday right these people are phenomenal phenomenal creatures 
that they've got the physique that I can only dream about. I have panic attacks looking at Cocoa Pops, right? These people wouldn't even go near stuff like that. I think they should be paid more. They give great enjoyment to the world. They have high-risk jobs with serious consequences of abuse, threatening behaviour all the time from fans. And if people don't like it, don't watch it. But I think they should be given double their weight. And your new chairman of the PFA is? <laughs> you make a lot of good points, Andrew. You really do. Uh, one, one thing I think you missed out was there should be some sort of reparation. And it should go back, the big nut money should go back to people who started in sort of 82, 83. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There should be um, uh, a retired has-beens. And it comes to you in pot. one lump. Yeah, just one and tax-free. Tax-free lump. And what you haven't mentioned well, like, by, is like these poor footballers these days, like, they only get four weeks off in the summer. Yeah. We used yeah. to get ten. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they are working you know, through like times when they shouldn't be working. And also you've got to remember is these footballers now, because they've earned so much money, they're not going to be on the after-dinner circuit because they don't need mm. the money. Whereas, so that the Ray Houghtons and all these guys that are going to the golf clubs and cricket clubs to do these after-dinner talks, they're going to continue cleaning up that market because oh. these rich guys don't need to go out and do it. Well, one of the best people on that circuit is Perry Gross. He's very, very good and, and available at the moment, Perry. Yeah, and, and um, a lot cheaper at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I sat next to on a flight up to Glasgow who was going to do an after-dinner talk? Mike Tyson. Did he was you? on an easy jet flight to Glasgow because he was doing an after dinner speed and I was kind of like, how bad are things for Mike Tyson? He didn't sit with his wife and kids, he sat next As to me. Mike Tyson's got Mike Tyson stories. Sat I've next got a to photograph you. of it. I made, him take a, I made him hold the baby and take a photograph of it and my husband was coming to get me at departures and he was like, that looks like Wendy's talking to Mike. That can't be Mike. <laughs> was, you, was you tattoo side or other side? Of no, the it wasn't me. I've just put the baby in his hand. Oh, right. He was like, I can't hold your baby, Mel. I was like, yeah, you can. So I gave him the baby and took a photograph. He looks a little bit scared. He looks I scared of the baby. Mike Tyson of the baby. <laughs> well, it's a very good answer and it's created a lot of discussion, Andrew, which is the point. And I'm going to give you two goals for that. Two goals. Wow. Good work. Jacob Hawley. Yes. It says here, rush keepers, rush keepers and share gloves. Share gloves, yeah. We've all played football in the park and, you know, when it sort of gets to sort of extra time and stuff and you're trying to find out who's going to win, rush keepers is a thing that happens. Anyone is allowed to go in goal. And for me, one of the most exciting things about Premier League football is when injuries occur to the point where an outfield player has to go in goal. I, I love that. that. For me, that's the most mm. fun. John O'Shea? John O'Shea did it. Harry Kane did it as well, I think. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I think that improves the game. And also, what is a lot of fun is when keepers go up for corners. Oh, lovely. David yeah. James used to go up for England quite a lot. So I think for City as well. I think Stuart Pearce used to send David James up for City. No, quite no a Stuart Pearce put him up front. Put, put, oh, that was put, it. Him, put him up front. Yeah, he put him up front. <laughs> Pearce tells a good, good story. Right? He said he put him up front to be a nuisance, like, you know, goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Be a nuisance. You're huge. Just smash the centre half around. You went, he got a bit carried away with himself. He started playing as a deep line ten roll. <laughs> <laughs> give me the ball, dude. Give me the ball. He's like, no, 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 no. You're a battering ram. He's, he's, he's trying to open up the passing lanes. He was, yeah. He's trying to thread people. <laughs> anyway, Jacob, but carry I, I, on. I, I love that. I, lo I love seeing the keepers go up. I love seeing the outfield players have to go and goal. So I want a bit of fluidity. Players being able to go wherever they want. But the, the catch is, you can only go in the net if you're wearing the gloves. Lovely. So if, you, if you're in your own box, doesn't matter whether you're a defender, striker, midfielder, whatever, you can touch the ball so long as you're wearing the gloves. So that brings a little bit Lovely. of frenzy into it. If suddenly, you know, everyone goes up, tries to score from a corner, you're racing back. Who's got the gloves? Who's, who's got the gloves? The keeper's passing it to Theo Walcott so he yeah. can leg it back there and try and make the save. Great idea, Jacob. That means you get three goals. That's how it works. <laughs> um, Perry, you want to sex up the warm-up? Yeah, the thing that's baffled me with warm-ups, football warm-ups, is the players, even in the modern day, they just run up and down the touchline, don't they? They do a few stretches, don't they? a few headers, have a clap or wave to the crowd. I've never got that. They go, oh, crowd clap, don't they? Well, I'm going to um, nick something from baseball. I took my two boys to watch Anaheim Angels play Texas Rangers in baseball in, in the States. And I was just watching the game. And baseball's really weird anyway, because the, the seventh inning stretch, it could be really tight. I don't know if you've watched the baseball game, it's really, every, all bases are cut, whatever. All of a sudden, people just go, let's go down to the ball game. You go, what's going on here? Everybody's singing, it's like so tense. And there's a wee old lady playing a, yeah, exactly. a sort of strange yeah. organ. Like, that's, but then I was watching, and it's great if you have an American next to you to explain how baseball's working, because we think it's like rounders for men, don't yeah, we? Yeah, but yeah. it's not, it's brilliant. And then all of a sudden, about halfway through the third innings, there's a bit of stirring in the crowd and a bit of tension. And then the relief pitcher and the catcher just walked round the pitch and went over to another sort of bit of waste ground yeah. at the side of the pitch. Yeah. And what was happening is then the, the relief pitcher starts throwing the ball to the catcher, right? Nice. Over on the far side. And they put it on the big screen. And what they're saying is the pitcher on the, is having an absolute stinker. So, so they go, on. you go and warm up, son. So he has to go and warm up. 
So he puts even more pressure yeah. on the pitcher who's having a nightmare and everybody can see it on the big screen. So my idea is, in these new modern stadiums now, you have a little bit of ground to the side of the picture yeah. of a goal. And if there's a centre forward who's having a nightmare, missed a few chances, you say to your other centre forward on the bench, go and get yourself warmed up. Yeah, with slots so they, they walk round and they start oh. doing a bit of crossing and finishing and the crowd can see oh, he's lovely. on fire, the big fella. I love it. And the kicker is, you have a fan warmer upper. So when you get into the stadium, you pay a tenner, you're drawn out of a hat, right, and you go and warm the player up. You're involved you're the in the person. Play. Beautiful. It's a beautiful idea, Perry. Three goals for you. Yes. Wendy Wayson. A okay. FIFA revolution. This is a bit of a revolution because we, we have a World Cup every four years and there's no sport on at the minute. I've resorted to watching my kids play FIFA. Um, and I sit and watch that. And I was thinking, if we can cope without a World Cup every four years, maybe we can do a football hiatus once a year. So one year on, one year off. And all the money that would go to footballers and to TV companies and all mm. that kind of stuff, you fire it into the NHS and we watch kids playing FIFA in hospital. It's very worthy. And it's going to annoy <laughs> people. But that's worthy. the point of this round. Very worthy, and, Wendy. And, and you could play as Torquay on FIFA. Yeah. yeah. You can't. Did actually, you? there we are. Points off. No, 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 no. This is how we change it. Just this is how we change it. into the wound because actually at the moment you can't play <laughs> you can't as Torquay on FIFA because they don't let National League teams in. So there we are. One goal for you there, Wendy. Which means the scores at the end of that round are eight all. There's only one word to describe that. Absolutely brilliant. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I began my professional career as a black cab driver. You're listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark moment in both teams' history. Perry and Andrew, we're going to go back to 1988 and this. Sanson, only got a half touch to it under a lot of pressure. Yes, Ray Houghton's goal was enough for the Republic of Ireland to defeat England 1-0 in the European Championships. But what else do you remember of 1988? Andrew, how old were you in 1988? I was six. Six years old. Let's see what you remember. Perry, I won't ask you. Question one. England lost all of their remaining group matches, while Ireland were unlucky to miss out on a place in the semi-finals. But can you recall who won the tournament outright? Was it A... France or B? When it's spring again, I'll bring again tulips from Amsterdam. 
That's Holland, or perhaps. Du, du hast, du hast mich. West Germany. So who won the tournament? France, Holland, or West Germany? Holland. I'm pretty sure it's Holland. Tony Adams tried to mark. Marco Van Basten in that tournament and we actually actually unscrew him out of the ground when he come back for pre-season <laughs> training honestly like, just he, in and out he said he'd never in England the old days centre forwards played up against centre halves that's what he did the two centre halves two centre forwards and I said Rogers why, why, why didn't you sort Van Basten out he went I had no idea where he was going in 96 he said yeah, yeah, he was on yeah. the left wing he was on the right wing he was drifting he was dropping deep he was doing, he's like I couldn't get near him he's like Casper the Ghost he said I couldn't get near him okay let's find out when it's spring again I'll bring again from Amsterdam. It was Holland. Question two. Holland beat the Soviet Union 2-0 in the final. But can you tell me who was the tournament's highest goal scorer? Was it A? Van Basten. Oh, the goal! On the goal! Marco Van Basten for Holland or B? Mateus is shot. That's fantastic. Lothar Mateus for West Germany or perhaps... Four in the area. Lita! Gary Lineker. Who do we think it was? Van, Van Basten, Lothar Mateus, or Gary Lineker? Marco Van, Van Basten. We're going for all day long. Yeah. You think? Yeah, all day, all day long. long. Okay. Well, let's find out. Van Basten. Oh, the goal! The goal! Yes, it was Marco Van Basten. He finished the tournament with five goals. Question three: Who became the most expensive player in British football that year? Was it A? Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! Great commentary there. Paul Gascoigne, Newcastle to Spurs, or was it B? And here's Rush, onside, Ian Rush, goal! Ian Rush, Juventus to Liverpool, or was it C? That's the ball for Cotty, inch perfect, a brilliant goal! Tony Cotty, West Ham v Everton. Oh, do you know what? I think Tony Cotty might be it, because I've seen Tony Cotty do an afternoon speech and keep telling everybody that at one stage he was the... Biggest British transfer. That's the only reason it stayed in my head. It well, might be wrong. Gascoigne was very, very young, and I don't think he was totally proven yet, so I don't think the fee would have been that high. Ian Rush from Juventus back to Liverpool, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So that was the second time at Liverpool, was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't think. I'm going to go Cotty. Yeah. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's Cotty. Thanks for yeah. that. Cheers, Han. <laughs> the one that I said in the first place. <laughs> yes, you are correct. Thank you very much. Um, we're going for TC. Go for Tony <laughs> Cotty, ex Barney manager. Here we go. Let's find out. And here's Rush, onside, Ian Rush, goal! Ian Rush rejoined <laughs> Liverpool that year in a move worth £2.8 million. Tony Cotty was signed by Everton for £2.3 million and Gaza cost Spurs £2 million. So at the end of that round, you scored two goals, which takes you to 10, makes the scores currently Republic of Ireland 10, Scotland 8. Jacob and Wendy, we're going to go back to another fixture against England in 1977 with this. The scene is so typically Scottish. This biannual pilgrimage hasn't been a happy one over the last few years, but there's certainly going to be some celebrations tonight. And the Wembley pitch, perhaps one shouldn't say anything... Uh, other than critical about this because crowd invasions have been one of the reasons why fences have gone up everywhere and indeed are going up at Wembley and you're really divided between appreciating the delight of the Scottish fans but not wanting to see the ground pulled apart like this. They've even knocked the goals down and broken the crossbar. Scotland claimed a famous victory at Wembley beating England 2-1 before the fans poured onto the pitch to celebrate. But what else do you remember of that year, 1977? Question one, which of these Scottish celebrities were present at the match and joined the pitch invasion at full time? Was it A? Wake up, Maggie, I think I got something to say to you. That's Rod Stewart or B? You go for a shampoo now. There's four lanes of it in the chemist. Row upon row for all different kinds of hair. Jojoba. Jojoba, in Glasgow, that was the month before November. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Billy Connolly, the best, or C? Or was it Jeanette Cranky? So which do you think it was? Rod Stewart, Billy Connolly, or Jeanette Cranky? I think it was Rod Stewart. I think it's Rod Stewart. I know he's a big the football big fan. The big Scottish fan. I'm not sure Billy Connolly's a football fan, to be honest. 
and I, I don't know who the Crankies the are. Crackerjack legends. Van Dabby Dozy. Uh, you know what I mean? Right, just a fun fact there, Jacob. Billy yep. Connolly uh, is a football fan and he's a Celtic supporter. Oh, is he really? Yes. Okay. I think it's Rod Stewart. <laughs> you think it was Rod Stewart? Rod Stewart Let's find yeah. out. Wake up, Maggie, I think I got something to say. Rod Stewart ran onto the pitch at full time, as did Gordon Strachan and his wife, who were celebrating their honeymoon in London. I love Gordon oh, Strachan so much. romantic. He's my favourite. <laughs> come, come on, Treacle. Where are we Get going? Your scarf in well, your come on. What a coincidence! There's a Scotland in yeah. yeah. John Joring. Oh, what's going on? I wonder what's going on over there. <laughs> I thought we were going to Torquay for our honeymoon. No, 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 we're going to Wembley. Question two. That evening, as Scotland fans congregated in Trafalgar Square, what was the number one single at the time that they would have been getting down to? Was it A? Hot chocolate or B? That was ABBA, or perhaps... Donna Summer. Hot chocolate, ABBA, or Donna Summer? I think it's ABBA or Donna Summer, but I don't know which one. Do you think? I don't think it's hot chocolate. Did, did, did you say, Charlie, this is what they were getting down to whilst trashing a fountain? You were in the fountain, so like, yeah, this is like... It's a Scottish yeah. thing, you get in fountains, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> it's in my DNA. They're in Trafalgar Square on the lions, climbing Nelson's column, the lot. I can't imagine doing that to hot chocolate. I don't think they actually did it to that music. I right, think it okay. was just number well, one. Well, number one at a time. I'll take it well, to like on a, on a big yeah, yeah. set of speakers down there. Yeah. <laughs> set up by <laughs> the police, sound, the sound system well, turned up. Ghetto blasters. <laughs> get I think maybe <laughs> ABBA. ABBA? I'm going to have to go ABBA. ABBA, let's go for ABBA. I'm letting Wendy go for it. Let's find out. was hot chocolate with their only ever number one you win again question three it was the year that one film dominated the box office i've been waiting for you Obi-Wan. we meet again at last the circle is now complete when i left you i was but the learner now i am the master only a master of evil does <laughs> It was, of course, Star Wars. But can you tell me what was the second highest grossing movie at the UK box office that year? Was it A? That was Rocky. Or B? The Sweeney movie. Or perhaps... 007 Triple X. Come what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. The Spy Who Loved Me. Rocky, the Sweeney movie, or The Spy Who Loved Me. Keeping the British hand up, sir. What do you reckon? Rocky? Uh, Rocky or... Um... It's the UK box office. Oh. It's the UK box office, right. So it's got the James Bond. Yeah. Second so highest Bond grossing James. movie at the UK box office that year. Jacob Hawley. James Bond. It's gone for James Bond. Let's find out. 007 Triple X. Bond, what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Oh, it was James Bond. So at the end of that round, you scored two goals, which makes it ten all. The World Cup is a truly international event. Here on Glory Hunters, we like to ask the big questions, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to be subjected to the scrutiny of the general public as we play A Question of Sport Time. Now, obviously, given the current restrictions, we've kept the public at bay. So for the purposes of this round, we're relying on technology. So can we have our first question, please? Hello, panel. If we were to have a sporting cull, which two sports would you get rid of? There we are. If we were to have a sporting cull, which two sports would you get rid of? Wendy Wason. Two sports I would get rid of are darts. Mm. I don't like darts and snooker. I don't like watching them. I like playing snooker and I like playing darts. I went to Ali Pali, I thought, because I, I like to sort of join in and see, because I kind of think it might be like the opera, because everyone, people who like darts really like darts. Mm. And I don't like the opera, but I've not been to the opera. So I kind of think you have to sort of get involved and join in. I went to the darts and I just felt like 
everyone was steaming and I don't think it's a sport. These darts players get up and they don't look like they've done any training at all apart from drinking beer. Mm. It doesn't look like a sport to me. I, I just want to be careful because a, a big part of what we've sort of promoted as part of being Scottish has been the drinking. So <laughs> I'm I'm obese. Just I'm make not, sure we've got I'm a clear an, line. I'm not an elite what have you sports got person. Snooker. Snooker, I find it really, really boring. You have to be quiet. I'm not great at being quiet. Mm. <laughs> I just find it really sort of sleep-inducing. So if, if I want to go to sleep, I'll put the snooker on and fall asleep. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't find it exciting. I don't find it thrilling. I like the tennis. I like Formula One. I like football. I like rugby. You like Formula One. Yeah. I don't. Um, I don't find mm. darts and snooker. Inter- Is that dissent for Formula One? <laughs> 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 can, can I just say I actually agree with Wendy. I think darts and snooker. No, no. They're no, not, but they don't like sports. Dart, they're no, games. darts and snooker to me, they're not sport. They're, they're games. not sports. They're games. A- anything, like a board game. Anything right? you can play in the pub. Yeah, exactly. Any, any, anything that you can play in, in comfy a pub shoes whilst drinking isn't really a sport, is it? Oh, well, I, that's, I mean, I, I disagree. It's like chess. It's like chess. Well, if there was no skill in it, you, I, I genuinely think to score a 147 in snooker is the hardest thing to do in all sports. Because it, it takes so also, much skill. It takes so much skill to get a one four seven. <laughs> in Who's snooker. the most flamboyant, exciting snooker player? That Jimmy White. We all love Jimmy White. Ronnie O'Sullivan. Alex Higgins. Higgins. Alex Higgins. 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 You know, think about Bill Werbenick. He could drink twenty pints. Twenty pints. Do you enjoy watching snooker though? I love. Do you watch it and get yeah. really tense? I used I to. I used to. I don't watch it so much now. And darts is just brilliant. It was so random. I felt like I'm on the biggest stag do ever that I just didn't get. There we are. I disagree with you completely. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to give you one Oh, you point. can't give a point for sympathy. One goal. <laughs> one goal for, for, for turning up. <laughs> Andrew Ryan. The two sports that I would get rid of are cricket oh. and women's cricket. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cricket was voted recently one of the most boring sports in the UK. I have tried. I have watched matches. I've Googled the rules. I'm 38 years of age I have given time to this and I can't get it I have never seen a sport where so many people are out on a field or a pitch whatever that are so redundant and not doing anything for so long I just find it the most boringest sport the most there's only about eight teams in the world anyway that are any good and I think cricket for me it's a crime against sport it shouldn't mm. even be there. Okay. Get rid of it and get rid of women's cricket, kids' cricket. Oh, quick cricket. You can't get rid of the whole cricket. thing French and let's use the, the stadiums oh. for something Beach else. Cricket. I think cricket's quite exciting. Cricket's amazing. There's one guy, there's one batter there on his own, surrounded by the other yeah. team, all yeah. playing mind games. It's a, it's to a, put him off his. It's a solo sport in a team you know, game. But, but, it's good. amazing. No. Jacob, do you like cricket? <laughs> what what, what, what's, yes. what's the party line? What, what, whatever they're not saying. All oh, right, yeah, love it, love it. Renegotiate the deal you know and bring it back to the party. You know the rules of a panel show. I, 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 had a, I had a great time playing cricket in Torquay once. You've got to love a, a sport where you can go in for hour, hour and a half, Ben Stokes, smash a quick 50, yep. 60, and just think, I've done my job. Lovely. Solo sport in a team environment. Exactly. I'll watch Owen you Morgan yeah. get on with it. won the World Cup last year for, for England. And you and can drink while you watch it. Yeah. You're allowed to drink while you watch it. And also they break for tea. They have tea. tea. Cup tea. You were complaining L- about drinking when you were watching the dance two seconds ago. I played I cricket. It. I played cricket Sunday, Wednesday for three years and I put on four stone average. <laughs> 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 there you go. It's not even a sport. It's a great, great sport. It's the best sport. And I feel sorry for you for not enjoying it. And that is why you only get... You get one goal because I feel sorry for you. Thank you. <laughs> That's why you get the goal. Perry Groves. Um, I'm going to go for any sport. Any sport. Any sport. Mm. Right. That S- is... Shuts down this radio station. That is determined by judges. Ah, uh, yeah. Because right. like that's not... A sport this is more like that it. is a performance. It's an that opinion. is someone's an opinion, opinion, isn't it? You can have a bad mood. The judge can be in a bad mood. Agreed. So if we're saying that motor racing and fencing are a shay, right? Because they're for posh people. Who, mm. if you had an outdoor toilet or a, a, a cold bunk in your back garden, you had no chance of ever like playing those sort of things, right? So it's like any sport that's not judges. So we say ice skating, gymnastics, synchronized swimming, uh, diving, dressage, even. Any one of those five or six that I've mentioned, I think you can just say you're not missing whatsoever. Mm. And it's like, and you're not telling me that you've got judges and they're not going to be influenced by 
the nationality right. of the uh, person that they're watching. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to go for ice skating and gymnastics because I think uh, mm. diving there's a danger. I do like gymnastics is the thing. But, but it's all judges. I, it is, it is it's opinion, all judges. And I, and Synchronised I, swimming is funny, so we'll leave that, that one in. You. Dressage, yeah. I love the horse like dancing, which is great. I'm I, going for ice skating and gymnastics. I think it's a great, great answer. Three goals, Perry Groves. <clears throat> Jacob Hawley coming to you. Finally. Right, in these frightening times, now I've, I've been getting into my conspiracy theories now that I've got time on my hands. And I watched the virtual... You're a comic, hall. you've got loads of time on your hands, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, we do got, nothing. I'm not, I'm not gigging either now, so it's only got worse. <laughs> research. Getting an extra three hours in your yeah. day. Yeah. That's, that's, that's 20 minutes a night is killing. That's 20 minutes a night Sorry. that I would do four times Sorry, a week. Sorry, Jacob. Um, <laughs> I, basically, I've been getting into my conspiracy theories. I watched the old virtual horse racing oh, the yeah. other day, and it was quite enjoyable. But I also watched The Matrix just afterwards. <laughs> and I'm, I'm starting to worry a little bit about the machines taking over. Now, the virtual horse racing, if that was to happen, that, that could all be done by machines. So basically, I want to get rid of any sports where you could take away any human participation. It'd be done by machines. And I think the two sports that are most uh, sort of vulnerable to that are F1 and the motorcycle racing. Oh, yeah. Now, my other problem with these sports, as, as Perry mentioned earlier, I, I don't like any sport like that that you can't really... That, that's sort of not really open access. You know, like, it, like P Perry probably started playing football outside in your garden when you were young or playing in the street with jumpers. You can't really do that with motorcycle racing or F1. But I think mo motorcycle racing or F1, if you, if you look at a vision of the future where the machines have taken over, mm. they would be the two sports. Also, what I find weird about F1 is when people support car companies. Like, I've got a mate who likes F1. He's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a McLaren fan. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a Citroen fan myself. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. <laughs> you know, at, at least, at least, at least with a football team, you, you've got sort of like like family reasons why you might support a team. Yeah. You know, I, I support Arsenal because my family grew up around there. Blah blah blah. But wait, like, I support Porsche. It, it's, it's, it's weird. It's for weird people. You so, can you can see it in the future. They will just get rid of the drivers altogether and yeah. just have, have a like, model of a driver, and then at the end have someone pretending yeah. to get out. Oh, exactly. there we are. Exactly. A robot who sits yeah. in, a, in a mechanical car that goes around the track a few times. Also, what Genduzzi did where he took the mick out of Mike Dean oh, by yeah. pretending to place the football down Bring the way he again, does. Yeah. A machine could never do that. That's true. That's also, true. I love how you're talking about how you're worried about technology taking over. Yet you brought a laptop in today oh. with the answers as well. well. Very, very, very <laughs> who to say whether it was me or the laptop who gave that yeah. answer? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who we booked? Did we book Jacob or did we book the, the laptop? laptop. It's we a great laptop. Have you seen that documentary Inside Formula One? It's no, really interesting about all the sort of car developments and all the drivers and but it's not interesting enough to keep formula <laughs> what do you do for a living i drive around in a circle yeah if you go to my village on a saturday night you see a lot of formula one after midnight <laughs> <laughs> jacob hawley very very good i'm going to give you three points three oh, goals well for you done, there jacob, jacob. in the dying moments of the game we move now into injury time but each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Losing side goes first, which is currently Scotland, on 19 goals. I am going to list a series of names. Yeah. I need you to tell me which of them are footballers and which are characters <laughs> from Star Wars. <laughs> Simply say either player or Star Wars to identify who you think is who. And when your time is up, you'll hear this sound. <laughs> your time starts now, Quinton Fortune. Player. He is a player. Uh, Boba Fett. Star Wars. Star Wars. Wars. Poe Dameron. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Ken Moncow. Player. player. He is a player. Wedge Antilles. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Lars Bender. Player. player. He's a player. Wolfgang Wolf. Player. He is a player. Max Rebo. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Kiki Masampa. Player. He is a player. Ali Deer. Player. He is a player. Salacious Crumb. Star Wars. Wars. He is Star Wars. Matt Holland. Player. player. He is a player. Lando Carl Reeson. Player. He's Star Wars. Yuri Zerkov. Player. He is a player. Stig Johansson. Player. He is a player. Law Santeca. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Rick Ollie. Player. Star Wars. Stern John. Player. He is a player. Bo Shack. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Landon Donovan. Player. He is a player. Mon Mothma. <laughs> Mon Mothma. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. <laughs> Smashed it. Okay, at the end of that round, you scored 19. A massive 19 goals to take you to 38. Republic of Ireland, you are currently on 20. 
So you need 18 to draw, 19 to win. Again, the options are the same. Footballer or Star Wars character. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. Running Pickering! <laughs> You're going to say player or Star Wars. Are you ready? Yeah. Yep. Your time starts now. Mace Windu. Star Wars. Yep. Muzzy, is it? Player. player. Yep. Demba Barr. Player. player. Yep. Briggs Darklighter. Star Wars. Yep. Jay Demerit. Player. He is a player. Ponda Baba. Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yep. Emmanuel Frimpong. Player. player. Yep. Bib Fortuna. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Papa Cisse. Player. player. He is a player. Moff Tarkin. Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yes. Phil Babb. Player. player. Yes. Sly Moore. Star Wars. Yes. Sebastian Bassong. Player. player. Yep. Kit Fisto. Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yep. Qui-Gon Jinn. Player. Player. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Papa Booba Diop. Player. He is a player. Kylo Ren. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Sheev Palpatine. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Kenwin Jones. Player. player. He is a player. Owen Lars. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Hermie Oddle. Hermie Oddle. Star Wars. He is Star Wars. Yes. yes. So at the end of that round, he scored a massive 20 goals. Work, that must guys. be a record. No, Bob, Bob Mills got... 20-odd with what, gladiators. Oh, gladiators. Yeah. <laughs> what, a gladiator or late? You'll never beat players. that, yeah. So, which means the final scores are Scotland 38, Republic of Ireland 40. There we are. Scotland, you've lost. <laughs> did, did you have at least have a nice day out? You got, you I had a out lovely now? day, Charlie. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Thank you very you much. You looked after us very well. <laughs> Going to go and find a fountain now, Wendy? Absolutely. <laughs> you allow it in fountains on lockdown? I don't know. Is that... Probably we'll not. see what happens. We'll We're not going to work. That's all that matters. <laughs> okay. And Republic of Ireland, Perry, you sh perhaps you should have played for him. It was emotional. It was emotional. When I realised that it was a dictatorship and not a democracy, then we were all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be singing Danny Boy all the way home. So to our winners, we say... And for the losers, it was absolutely start to finish an absolute load of rubbish. My thanks to Jacob, Wendy, Perry and Andrew. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. There we are. Pulled it out of the bag at the end there, gents. Well done. I think we did have a bit of self-doubt, didn't we? Then we realised that we had the same category and then we thought, oh, we've got a bit of a chance. Yeah, once it was the same category, I mean... We moaned about... If we'd have got their ones, we'd have got about 28, 29. Oh dear. What, 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 I th what I think we should have, rather than actually doing this on, on points, we should actually have a judge who tells us who won this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. Maybe we'll bring that in next week on Glory Hunters. Thank you very much for downloading the Glory Hunters podcast. Do rate and subscribe and tell all your friends. We'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.